Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. There's a high fly ball from KMOX Sports. That's it deep to left field, and it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. There's a moment for you. Welcome to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. In the driving jam time. The Billikens win this one. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. Comeback pattern caught. Touchdown, Kansas City. Now, sports on a Sunday morning on America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's a great day for baseball. The Cardinals take on the Milwaukee Brewers this afternoon at 1.15. Welcome to the home of the Cardinals, KMOX, from the Stiefel Sports Studio. Tom Ackerman, downtown St. Louis. Brian Kelly sticks around for a few minutes, and it was a just wonderful day from start to almost finish. Yes. Uh, it was just a tough loss. I mean, you know, walking out of the ballpark last night, just not that I was hanging my head, but I'm like, gosh darn it. I mean, you know, after all that, and Adam Wainwright goes nine innings. I just sounded like Mike Schilt there. Um, <laughs> that, that the Cardinals take a 10-inning loss is hard to take to the Brewers, too. And the, I woke up this morning still a little ticked off about it. Uh, but it was a beautiful outing by Adam Wainwright. Just vintage Waino, as good as Waino and Yachty have been, quite honestly. Masterful. I mean, he is, Waino is what pitching is supposed to be. Uh, every pitch has a purpose. When he executes like he did last night, he leaves the batters looking back out at him as they walk to the dugout going, man, oh, man. I mean, and he does it with 72-mile-an-hour pitches, not overpowering, of course, anymore. And It's masterful. If if you don't enjoy watching him pitch, then you just don't like baseball because he is the best. And I thought, see, I'm going to blame Bally Sports because they put up Uh on the screen, Adam Wainwright has a no-hitter through six and a third. And then it was six and two thirds, and then they got the hit. Oh, you know, and you could see Wayno really wanted it last night. And can you imagine him getting a no hitter the night they honor the '82 Cardinals? I'm thinking all this, going, man, if that happens, then this is a blessed franchise, right? Because part <laughs> of that crowd last night was the Bob Forsh family, and we certainly miss Bob Forsh. Mm-hmm. He was a wonderful human being and a tremendous pitcher. And the last time. Someone pitched a no-hitter in St. Louis. It was Bob Forsch in 1983. He's set into the windup. Here's the 1-1. Swing and a ground ball. The third baseman over Phil has it. The throw. Forsch has pitched a no-hitter. It's only the... It's the first time in the history of Cardinal baseball that a pitcher has two no-hitters as Forsch no-hits Montreal. His teammates rush to the mound to congratulate him. And listen to this crowd. 
there by Bob Forge. Isn't that incredible? Uh, growing up in this town, I always dreamed of seeing a no-hitter. Never seen one. Uh, I haven't either, and I've been to literally hundreds of baseball games. My niece was there, and she was like 10. Wow. It's <laughs> like, come on. She got to see one before I did, but yeah. I'm happy for her. Yeah, so 1983 right there. So you just mentioned that Bally Sports Midwest, you're blaming them for the jinx. Yeah, their fault. Here is proof <laughs> that you can call a no-hitter before it happens. This is Jack Buck. If you listen, this is, I think, in my book, this is Jack Buck's greatest call of all time, I think. This is 1971. On this date, August 14th, listen to this call. Two men out, nobody on, bottom of the ninth, 11 to nothing Cardinals. One and one on Stargell. The pitch on the way, and a swing and a miss, strike two. A good low breaking ball. And Gibson is one strike away from the no-hitter. He takes off his cap. He mops his brow. He looks in and gets the sign. He starts to wind up. Here's the pitch, and it's a strike called! A no-hitter for Gibson! Simmons roars to the mound, embraces Gibson, who's engulfed by his teammates, as the Cardinals win the game 11 to nothing. 25 players pound Bob Gibson for a tremendous effort here tonight. A call third strike to Willie Stargell ended it. And Gibson, who has done everything else in the book, except the no-hitter, got it here tonight. The only no-hitter of Bob Gibson's career, August 14th, 1971. What an emotional, tremendous, from-the-heart call by Jack Buck, one of the greatest to ever do it. And as I noted in there, he does say, and Gibson is one strike away from the no-hitter. Now, if you think Stargell gets a hit off him, they say, Jack, you jinxed it. I don't think so. And I don't think don't Jack think so. cared either. No, he didn't. And, and, you know, I've always said what I loved about Jack Buck was he was a fan who did baseball games on the radio or sporting events on the radio. He wasn't a broadcaster. He was just a fan. And that is the fan coming out in Jack Buck. Like the go crazy. Like the adios. Goodbye. And that's the winner. Uh, you can, And he loved Bob Gibson. And Everybody associated with the Cardinals wanted Gibson to get a no-hitter. He had, like Jack said, he had done everything else. And that's the emotion, the pure joy that you hear coming out in Jack's voice. And and you can't fake that. That is pure love and enthusiasm. 100%. So it's good to talk no-hitters with you, pal. We'll hear from Cardinals manager Ali Marmel here in just a few minutes. Thanks for being with us. My pleasure. That's Brian Kelly. I'm Tom Ackerman. Sports on a Sunday morning off and running. The Cardinals skipper. We have some questions for him about some things that happened last night. He is next. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. It's 10-16 on Sports on a Sunday Morning. I'm Tom Ackerman. Our manager chat with Oliver Marmel is sponsored by Missouri Division of Tourism. There's a Mo for every M.O. Find yours at visitmo.com. Tom Ackerman, Ollie Marmel, Cardinal Discussion on KMOX. How are you, Ollie? Doing okay. Doing okay. How you doing? Doing well. What a scene yesterday. Before we get into the game and about your club, and I want to talk to you about this weekend and what's to come today, but 
I wanted to reflect just for a moment about the start of the game yesterday and from your eyes what you saw and specifically spending a moment with Whitey Herzog, the Hall of Fame manager, from one manager to the other. What was that like? It's always special, man. The tradition here is unbelievable. Um, it's a rich history, so anytime you get a opportunity to be with those guys and have conversations with them and just uh, – they always have a, a nugget or two of wisdom that they uh, that they give you. But uh, talking to him yesterday before that game was awesome. What is he like? And not to to give away any secret conversations or anything. But what what are the, what sort of things to get shared? Not only with him, but with you know those like Tony Larusa and others. Yeah, mostly. I mean, you sit there in conversation, and it's just um, super clear as to why they've had success. The, their competitive nature, even being out of the game for as long as he has now, is just. Uh, he just loves winning, and um, you can just sense it in every conversation you have, and it was, uh, it was a special moment to be able to exchange a, a little conversation yesterday. The one thing, the common thread that you all have, and I've been able to cover uh, all of you one time or another, is going back to, I didn't cover Whitey when he was an active manager, but he and I remain friends and we talk ball all the time, is that you just love talking about the game. And the game has so many different you know, layers to it. And and there's so much that goes into a game. And the more you spend around the game, you can see what happens between the pitches so much clearer. And I, I, would that be an accurate description? And Whitey is still just as sharp as ever. I mean, he, he really loves breaking it down. Absolutely. I mean, I went out there for a few seconds and exchanged words with him. And he's, he's talking about some guys we have in minor league system and how they can help. And I mean, He's uh he's definitely sharp and uh you you just enjoy moments like that where you, to your point you just get to talk ball for a little bit um, but he's a good one to do it with. I know that was a tough loss last night and I, I want to talk about that for a moment but I, I'm trying to enjoy this moment in time that we have because it, it won't last that much longer. Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina playing together and last night was as good as they've ever been. Uh, Adam goes nine goes the distance, flirts with a no-hitter. Just an incredible performance by number 50, wasn't it? An absolutely incredible performance. Uh, in those situations, I mean, big-time players, you let them do big things, and you go out there, you, you obviously know that McCutcheon has hit him well throughout his career, but there's no way you're taking the ball from him. That's his game. And what they were able to do yesterday was uh, was fun to watch. I mean, what he did with his breaking ball, I, think, I mean, that thing was unhittable. Um got five K's with it, 11 outs with it. The cutter was unbelievable. Just the mix of pitches got the leadoff man out every single inning. It was, uh, that's probably one of the best outings we've seen uh, Wayne all year for sure. Yeah. It was a lot of fun to watch. No doubt. And the crowd cheered when you, uh, when you left them out there. Did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think there's anybody that wanted him out of that game. Um, yeah. But uh, no, definitely a special night for him. Yeah, it was neat. Um, and I've always said that Adam impresses me even more when things aren't going well. And he finds a way to gut through six, seven innings, even when he doesn't have his best stuff. But when he has his best stuff, it is just magnificent to watch and then you took the lead and you put a charge into the stadium uh, when Paul Goldschmidt came around to score on a hit by Nolan Gorman who went to left center just the the sight of Nolan continuing to spray it around the field has to be welcome absolutely he's taken some really good at bats um, and to your point using the whole field he's uh he hit some balls really hard backside to left field left center field and um 
his swing looks really good right now. So uh, he's uh, he's continuing to to help this offense for sure. And then Wayno gives up the home run to Urias. Uh, it just clears the wall in right field into the bullpen, and it's a one-one ball game. Uh, that happened in the eighth inning. I want to take you to the bottom of the eighth and go through that. So we're looking at a situation where the Cardinals and Brewers are tied at one. Urias hits that ball to right center, and it's a 1-1 game. And who else but Yadier Molina comes through to get things rolling? He singles to left. Tommy pops out. So now there's one out, and you have some decisions to make because you know that you've got a lefty on the mound. You went with Albert Pujols. Take us through that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you have Newt hitting there, who's uh, swinging a good bat, but the reality is against lefties, um, there's a big reason why Albert's on this team is to crush lefties. So if you're not going to use him in that situation, um, knowing that they can't go to their bullpen, they have the, they have the three batter minimum, and he's going to have to face Albert, um, you're looking at a big difference of, of OPS with Newt compared to Albert there. That's that's why he's on this team. So uh Rodgers, for them, does a really nice job. High punch-out rate, 30%, maybe a tick higher against left-handers and um, struggles more against righties. So tough at bat on Newt right there. We go with Albert. Unfortunately, done come through. And then you have T.O. from the right side after him um, who uh, who punches out. But uh, overall, that move, I'm, I'm making it every time. Albert's on this team to hit lefties. That's a big moment for him. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't come through. Uh you can easily talk about the well. Now you have Dickerson in right field, and that ball drops in the in the tenth, or he takes a, a a route that wasn't as efficient. The reality is Dickerson was supposed to start that game. So if we're scared of him being in the outfield late in the game, then that's a that's a completely separate conversation. Um, Albert takes that at bat against a left-hander, and Dickerson has to go out and play the outfield. Bottom line, is Dickerson okay? Was he dealing with a, a calf, and then? It felt uh, he got it worked on, and it felt better. That, that's correct. So he came into uh, into the stadium. He said uh, it was grabbing at him a little bit. So we scratched him from the lineup, and right around the sixth inning or so, he came up to me and said uh, he feels good to go. Um, you tell me that, I'll take you. I'm gonna take your word, and uh, that's why we were able to make that move. So he doesn't get the the good angle on that, and it gets by him, and, and the Brewers take the lead. They end up winning this game 3-2. to two. O'Neal, by the way, as you mentioned, uh, came in just before that. That was in the uh, top of the eighth. He came in as a defensive substitution for Brendan Donovan, so you were anticipating the fact that you had that lefty coming. O'Neal's in there batting second. Uh, the two of them end up striking out. And then, but you're still in this game. I mean, you've got uh, a chance here in the ninth inning, unable to come through with, with the big boys. I mean, I mean, Goldschmidt strikes out, Arenado flies out, put a charge into it, just not enough. Yeah. Uh, and then yeah. you had a play where Nolan Gorman grounded out and you challenged uh, with Devin Williams on the mound. Can you take me through that one? Uh, yeah, it's really close uh you're, you're not losing anything after the eighth inning even if you lose your challenge you're able to get the crew to review anything that's close um so it's not like you're you're, you're really losing anything at that point you challenge it was a 50 50 call if they overturn it great we keep hitting if they don't um if anything were to happen in the in the next half inning you're still able to get a crew chief review so um you're not losing anything by challenging that call you go to the 10th inning 
still in a 1-1 ball game, and you have Giovanni Gallegos up there because Ryan Helsley went two innings the day before, so he's unavailable. Gallegos is in a situation, not a save situation necessarily. It's a 1-1 ball game, uh, but he gives up some hard contact. Renfro, we mentioned the triple that got by Dickerson. Wong with the sack fly scores Renfro. Arias, who homered earlier, grounds out, uh, and then Caratini grounds out, uh, but the, the damage is done. Two runs score. Renfro scored McCutcheon, uh, who started the inning at second base. That's the rule, of course. And the Cardinals end up getting a run in the bottom of the 10th and lose 3-2. I guess the question is, what are your options outside of Gallegos if Helsley... I love this conversation. <laughs> I know. I, really, I know you do. No, I really do, because there's a lot of people out there. That, I mean, yeah, I, I've heard the, the narrative quite a bit. Okay. You don't use Gallegos there, Tom. Who do you use? Yeah, good. I mean, it's a good question. I mean, you know, what do you have available outside of Gallegos, yeah. who has closing experience? And 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 some people want to say, well, he's not he's not good in high leverage. He's not. You need to use somebody else. That's that's perfectly fine. I I just like to know who, because at the end of the day, Gallegos against Renfro, he's striking out righties at a forty percent clip, which is better than anybody but Helsley on our team. Okay, he he does a really good job against righties. He's struggling a little bit against lefties. When you start with a man on second base in the tenth inning, you're looking for one thing, and it's somebody that can miss bats. You say, okay, well, why don't you use Hicks there? Hicks is below average at missing bats. He's a ground ball guy. Yes, he throws hard, but he doesn't miss bats. So a lot of balls are going to get put in play. Stratton, no different. Palante, even worse at missing bats, which he wasn't available yesterday anyway. So then from a right-handed standpoint, you're left with Woody. Um so I, I understand the the question for sure as far as like, hey, is there anybody else that can take that ball rather than Gallegos and high leverage? The reality is um, no. Uh, Gallegos is the guy there who misses the most bats with the runner starting at second base, and uh, that was the that was the play. Um, did it work out? No, he left a fastball over the middle at the top of the zone that Renfro tagged for a triple, and then uh, he allowed uh, Wong to put a ball in play. So th- there's you have options. You go with your best option. Um, but I can have that. Uh, I can have that discussion all day. I appreciate it. And you know, you look at the rest of your bullpen right now. How do you feel about it? Um, it uh, just not to change the subject, but we're looking at the left side now in Henesis Cabrera, and knowing uh, that you have Thompson is going to come pretty soon. Just how do you overview? And you have uh, Packy Naughton, of course. But how are you looking right now at uh, the, the bullpen outside of? those back end of the game, Helsley and Gallegos? Yeah. At the end of the day, guys are going to have to, my job is to put them in the best situation to have success. And then their job is to execute. And um, you look at Cabby the other day. Um, did it go well for him? No. Was he in the lane where he was facing several lefties and some righties that he should be able to get? Yeah. Did it work out? No. Um, so it was unfortunate for him and for us. But at the end of the day, you have Cabby in the back end. You have Villegas in the back end, especially when Helsley is not available. And um, we'll use Palante accordingly. Uh, Hicks, uh, we're still working through some some stuff with him as far as being able to um, not give up free passes. Uh, at the moment, he's walking twice league average. Um, so you put him in a situation like that, like the one last night, and you're you're hoping he just doesn't put guys on base. So. You, you have options. You put in the guys in the best situation to have success. And uh, 
our hope is that they can execute. I think that's fair. You definitely have, have answered what a lot of people are asking uh, when it comes to Gallegos, no doubt, and with regard to Hicks, who you just noted uh, is still working through some things. Uh, what about in the rotation, Ollie? Uh, do you have Michaelis going today? you got the day off tomorrow. I know you haven't announced uh, anything for Wednesday that I'm aware of, um, but you know, just looking ahead, I know there's a chance there that you could skip Dakota Hudson. You also have... Andre Pallante has given you some starts. Just how do you see your rotation right now? And, of course, you got the <laughs> these two lefties who have come in and just, just taken care of business in Quintana uh, and in Montgomery. N- nice situation. No doubt about it. Um, there is a possibility that we can skip Hudson next time through. Um, I could argue against the Pallante in the rotation. Um, does, it, does it look exactly pretty? when Hudson goes out there and gives you five and gives up two runs, but it seems like it should have been a lot worse, but he's continuing to do that. And the reality is at a better rate uh, than Pallante, especially once teams start to stack up righties against them because of how reverse he is with the splits. So um, there's a possibility we can skip Hudson and continue on with the, with the four man rotation with the day off. Um, we're going to consider that and have more conversation around it today. But uh, Pallante will remain in the bullpen as right now. And then Jack Flaherty, of course, it's a, it's a waste. But the fact that he's healthy, as far as I know, is a really nice thing. The results are one thing. Health is the biggest. Yeah, um, especially early on in these first couple outings. For, from a performance standpoint, not too worried about if he gives up a couple hits or if he gives up a couple runs, um, more so that he's recovering well and that his arm feels good and that some of the underlying numbers as far as his velo and shape of pitches look close to the baseline um and, and that's that's true right now which is good um so he'll throw again on tuesday in springfield and then uh we'll continue to build him up cardinals and brewers today at 115 whoever comes out of this will be in first place in the nl central with a long way to go no doubt about it but another big game today for oliver marmel and the cardinals appreciate it it's been entertaining for sure we'll see what happens today at the ballpark love these visits You got it. Good to visit with the Cardinals manager here on KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. When we come back, Katie Shields, the head women's soccer coach at St. Louis University. David Toms is on the show, the defending champion of the Ascension Charity Classic. 11 o'clock hour, big names. Curtis. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Francois, John Bomarito, Keith Hernandez, Albert Pujols. It's all next. Sports on a Sunday morning on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, no Jensen, a personal injury law firm, because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City! On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome back. The home of St. Louis University Athletics is KMOX. I'm Tom Ackerman. This is Sports on a Sunday Morning from the Stiefel Sports Studio. And joining us is the head women's soccer coach at SLU, Katie Shields. Coach, how are you? Welcome back to a new season. Thanks, Tom. I'm doing fantastic. Happy to be here. Good to be back with you. And uh, tell us about your team. We're excited to see what they're all about. I know this. They're going to be better than the experts say. I I did not see a lot of uh, preseason hype about a team that just goes out and wins A-10 titles. Yeah, I think we've got our best team to date. Um, and that's saying something because our last few years we've been uh, we've been pretty good. But we're experienced. We're deep. Um, we've got some players back from injury. We've got a crop of new talent. Um, it is a, I believe it's a little bit of an underrated team, but we, it's up to us to prove it. Yeah, am I right about that? And do you care about that? I mean, does that does that hype up the team at all? You know, yeah, we weren't we weren't picked in the preseason top twenty five um, or in the poll at all, and a little chip on the shoulder, I think, for us, and it's great. You, know, you got to prove yourselves. You know, those those rankings are based on last year's performances for the most part. Um, we were picked to repeat in our league, um, which is is you know fantastic. I don't think a surprise, um, but it's again they're based on last year's. This t- this year's team's got to earn it. Yeah, I hear that. I totally understand. And you are picked number one in the Atlantic 10. That's your preseason ranking. Officially, that came out just a couple of days ago. And it's exciting to bring back that much talent and to see new talent. How are things going before we get into your schedule? And you've got a big game right out of the gate here uh, against Arkansas on Thursday. But uh, what are your expectations when it comes to recruiting in this fertile soccer town of St. Louis? Yeah, we're trying, you know, and I think we've had some success of of the recent years of trying to make a home for the best players in St. Louis to come play college soccer at an amazing setting in front of the best fans in the country. Um, So we want to own St. Louis and then, you know, the the greater Midwest. And really, we've also started to push ourselves out further and further as we've gained some national notoriety. And you're going to get a test right away, aren't you, against Arkansas on Thursday, 7 o'clock start at Herman Stadium. You can go to Ticketmaster for tickets. I do believe you can just go to the Billikens website for tickets as well. Let's get into that and and see what that's all about. They're the eighth-ranked team in the country, I understand. 
They are there, and they earn every bit of that. They're, they're deep. They're talented. They're the reigning SEC champions. Um, they're they're a dynamic team with a lot of threats, but so are we. Um, I think it's going to be a tremendous matchup, opportunity, and most importantly, prepare us to meet a team, again, of that caliber and have success, win those games when we get into playoff time in November. And I think it's important, uh, you would probably agree with this, uh, to get yourself packed in at Herman Stadium, bring the kids, and you all can feel that, can't you, when those crowds come in? There's nothing like it. When we've got a, a packed house, the energy's different, the players feel it, um, and it's just uh, it's one of, I think, the best settings in college soccer when, when it's a packed house. So um, we always seem to play a bit better when, when it's a packed house. You do have a lot of things for the kids there. They're going to be face painters, balloon artists, inflatables located on the hillside at Herman Stadium. So Billiken Athletics will be well prepared for all those boys and girls who join their parents and go watch some women's soccer against the eighth-ranked team in the country, Arkansas. But you're already off and running. Uh, I got a text from a friend uh, just yesterday, who said he's in Evansville, uh, and he said, I see uh, Billiken's Purple Aces going head-to-head. Uh, SLU wins it 4 to nothing. Uh, just your early impression of your team. Yeah, it was actually our second exhibition. We played Lindenwood a few nights before it at Herman. Um, and we've it's really good showing, the first two outings. You know, we know their, their exhibitions and everyone approaches them differently, but there's a crispness and a pop to our team um, that I don't think we've seen at this point in previous seasons. Uh, so excited about that. We're getting goals from all over the board, um, which is, again, exciting and uh, looking forward to making the next ones count. You beat Lindenwood 9 to nothing, and you won this game 4 to nothing over Evansville, and now Arkansas, the eighth-ranked team of the country, coming in on Thursday at 7 o'clock at Herman Stadium. Uh, you're role as coach is also teacher role model in in a lot of ways the parents are sort of turning over these young women to you what is that like from your perspective in your experience as a coach yeah it's uh you know they're entrusting us with their you know their their daughters and um we are very much the adult in their lives for four years and so I think our entire staff uh we found success in approaching our our program and our philosophy of, of the person drives the player. If the person is in a good place, um, they're they're feeling cared for, supported, challenged, um, and engaged, then the player is, is going to be in a good place and, and find success on the field. And so that's been just philosophically how we've approached our, you know, our recruiting, our development um, through our throughout our years. And you know, I think it's uh we're we're about yes the results and the championships on the field, but also preparing our women to be successful. Um, as they leave St. Louis University, which they absolutely are, um, you know, phenomenal young professionals and leaders in their community. And how do you off the field get them together as well when you have that many people? You know, you're talking about different personalities. They know each other, but you want them to really bond together off the field, don't you? Yeah, we spend a lot of time. Uh, We spend probably equal amount of time talking about culture and at the you know the root of culture is their relationships to one another to the program so we do formal classroom settings about culture and relationship building but then we also put them in situations where we can test those relationships through some team building but then we also give them time to just 
just be on their own, you know, and organically build those relationships. Last week, we spent a day uh, down at our, our associate head coach, Chris Allen's lake house and got out on the tube and, um, you know, just enjoying each other in the lake. And, and those days often are the ones they actually remember. They don't remember championships and those, those titles, but the, those days, those relationships, that's what you kind of take with you 20, 30 years later. That's great. And St. Louis University has broken ground. Construction is underway on the Lachlan Family Champion Center. I got to tell you, I got to hand it to this athletic department and Chris May, just a dream that they probably wrote down on a napkin and, and it has come true. And it has been a long time coming. I think the last time that I saw all of you together was not only at that groundbreaking, but before that at the announcement, uh, pretty big things coming for SLU, I feel. It is an amazing time to be a Billick kid. And again, credit to absolutely to, to Chris May and the entire uh, leadership of the department. They're putting our programs in positions to be nationally competitive um, with the, we tell our women all the time, people invest in what they believe in and across the board right now, uh, with the Champion Center and with our uh, brand new legacy facility for soccer, um, it, it, there's investment. There is investment. There's a seriousness um, to to what we are after in our pursuit of championships. And so, um, could not be more proud to be a Billiken and excited for what's to come. And then finally, you know, I, I sense a bond also between coaches. I know obviously that uh, you know Kevin Kalish well, the men's coach, and you all share a lot of philosophies and. I've talked to you in the past about Travis Ford, and I know how much respect he has for you, no doubt about it. But I really sense that from Rebecca Tillett, that she wanted to get to know you right away and and learn some of the things that you've been doing. What has that been like as you have welcomed the women's basketball coach into the community? It's uh, Coach Tillett and her entire staff. I mean, we. I, I'm thrilled. I, I'm excited to have just a a partner um, in the department who really comes um, at her her program, her development culturally with a similar approach. Um, you know, the minute you meet her, you can tell she's an educator. Um, and I've already, you know, sat in her office, picked her brain. How do you do this? What do you deal with this? And it's just, as coaches, we want to, if we ask our athletes to keep growing and keep learning, we have to do the same. And to have somebody just around the corner um, to to fulfill that, to challenge us and our staff is it's just exciting. I'm excited to see what they do. They've got a tough schedule ahead, and we'll be uh, we'll be in the stands supporting them. That's so cool. I, I love to hear it. Uh, the big-time home games for you are coming up. So, again, August 18th against Arkansas. They're the number eight preseason team in the national poll, and they were a quarterfinalist last season in the NCAAs. Notre Dame, by the way, comes in on August 25th, number 16 in the country. What a neat opportunity for your program to show off a little bit and for some great competition. The A-10 champions, Katie Shields and the Billikens, thanks very much for being with us on KMOX. Thanks so much, Tom. Great to have her. We'll come back and we'll hear from the defending champion of the Ascension Charity Classic, David Tom. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. with us on KMOX. There's a high fly ball. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports on a Sunday morning. And it's a gutter. Big fly, Nolan Arenado. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. And the Billikens win this one. Touchdown, Kansas City. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We've covered baseball and soccer and much more to come in the 11 o'clock hour. Let's shift our attention briefly to golf. KMOX's Dan Reardon with the defending champion of the Ascension Charity Classic, David Toms. I'm Tom Ackerman from the Stiefel Sports Studio. 2001 PGA champion David Toms joins us on KMOX. David, let's talk about that PGA championship. Two things jump out of my mind. I I was there in Atlanta for that win. First of all, Saturday, the 15th, the hole-in-one. In today's world, they would talk about you using a hybrid. That was a five-wood at that time. It was, uh, and a good five-wood. I think it was 236 yards, I believe, and uh, all over water. A lot of shadows on the green, so I didn't actually see the ball go in. I could just tell by the crowd reaction that it went in. But it was a day where I was playing with Shingo Katayama, you know, Japanese player wearing a cowboy hat. Uh, he bounced it off the rocks a couple of times, and so it created a lot of drama that day. And to get, you know, that day set me up to be in the last group with Phil Mickelson on Sunday. So, uh, like you said, there was a lot happened on Sunday, but exciting, you know, it was very exciting on Saturday as well. The 18th hole on Sunday at Atlanta officially wasn't listed at 500 plus, but I know I walked it from that marker to the, and there was over 500 yards. Yes. You're playing the longest hole in the history of major championship golf for a par four. Yes. Length is not what your game is built around. Yeah. Talk about how you approached playing that hole and you know what you went through playing in that circumstance. Well, I think it was preparation was, was the biggest thing. Early in the week, I mean, we saw that they covered up the yardage plate. We knew that it was normally a par five for the membership. And so the, the hole was designed as a, as a par five. And so if, knowing if it was a par five and I missed the fairway, I would always lay up and lay up to a good yardage and try to make your birdie that way. Uh, if you hit a great drive, you go for the green in two. So they, just because they changed it to a par four, we felt like, my caddy and I felt like could still play the hole the same way. And, you know, unfortunately for me, or maybe it was fortunate on 18 on Sunday, I missed the fairway by about three inches downhill right to left lie out of a short rough and I had didn't really have the club for the shot and so I laid up to a good yardage hit a good L wedge in there not even that great a shot about 12 feet and made the putt you know I mentioned 2001 that's the time when we heard the term tiger proofing taking place in in the game of golf and the tour got longer and longer in that time period how much did that affect players like David Toms well I think just that idea 
the what they were trying to do to golf courses, especially in majors. They did it. I know that my record, you know, at, at Augusta wasn't near as good as it was early on because of the what, things they did to the golf course. Uh, but all other major championships were done the same way. I mean, they would go in, try to make them hard. Reese Jones was redoing the U.S. Open type golf courses, making those hard. And and most most of it was linked more than anything else. I mean, I don't mind bunkering and fairway bunkering. To me, that helps the guy that keeps it in the fairway. But when you when you stretch it out to a point where you can't get your second shots close because you're having longer clubs, it affects the medium and shorter hitters for sure. And that's what was going on at the time. And then you have another major on your resume, which is the 2018 Senior U.S. Open. How much do you attach importance to that being a major? I asked Hale Irwin the question. He said he wouldn't trade any senior major for one of his regular tour wins. What about your stance on that? Well, I mean, I'm playing against the same guys that I used to try to win PGA Tour events against. Same same group. Uh, same group of players that you looked up to that came before you, and then the same guys that were your age that you were growing up with. And so... Um, Playing in Colorado, um, you know, I'd won a tournament in Colorado at Castle Pines years ago, so I felt good in altitude. And to get a USGA trophy, which I didn't have one of those, I had a PGA trophy, uh, won a lot of other golf tournaments, but to get finally get a USGA title meant a lot to me. You know, one of the things that's been impossible to predict is is success moving from the regular tour to the champions tour i don't know that anybody expected jay haas whose record is very similar to yours on the uh, the regular tour to break out and be this you know the dominant force that he was for such a long period of time what do you think works for you on the champions tour well i think it's just you know for me it's the preparation and enjoy play golf because you play a lot of golf uh, you have a lot of, you know, your weeks, even though your tournaments don't start till Friday normally, you have a lot of golf early in the week. And it's just the fact that, you know, it's, you, you mentioned Jay Haas. I mean, he's a guy that, you know, he just loves to play golf. And when he's healthy, he plays a lot. Um, the wife travels with him. His wife caddies for him quite a bit. He follows golf because he's got one son that teaches golf, that played professionally. And then you have one that's been a very successful PGA Tour player. <clears throat> so you're talking about a family that's, you know, a golf family and so it doesn't surprise me that Jay has been able to play as well as he has for so as long as he has because he loves the game plays a lot of golf probably plays when he's on vacation and every other uh, every other day so uh, and he's a great man as well as a great champion let's take it back to your win last year at Norwood how early in a week does a player like David Toms know that his game is ready to win well, early in the week here, the golf course was soft. I was worried about it being a little bit long uh, for me in my game. We were hitting a lot of long clubs in. As the, way, as the week went on, it dried out. It started drying it out a little bit. And uh, just got better and better every day. Uh, drove the ball fairly well all week. Set myself up to you know, be able to get some balls close on the approach. And, you know, it wasn't a week where I putted real well. I didn't make a lot, but I didn't miss anything, you know, short putts or makeable putts. So uh, just a good, solid week in general. And I remember watching you on the practice screen while you were waiting for this tournament to wrap up. Are you just killing time there, or are you actually working on your putting then? Uh, I think you're a little bit of both. I mean, you're just trying to stay in the moment, you know. I mean, it's like you're not sure what's going to happen. Are you going to be, you know, are you going to be the outright champion? Are you going to be in a playoff? Is somebody going to hold their last shot? 
and you know you finish second, whatever it might be. I think it's just more about hey, you know, try to take a breath or two, calm down, stay in the moment, know that you have to be ready to go back out if the, you know if the situation presents itself. And then a final question for David Toms. I staked out the scoring trailer on Sunday, and as players came out, I asked them the same question: How would you improve this tournament for next year? Surprisingly, the answer that came up most often is improve the 11th hole. Talk about the 11th hole, the par four with the tilted green. Uh, well, it is what it is. I mean, some you know, a lot of these old style golf courses, they have a few quirks to them. Uh, that would be one of them. And uh, you know, to me, it presents a conversation piece. You know, would you in modern golf would you build something like that? Probably not, just because speed of the greens that people like these days and so forth. But it works here. Uh, you know, I mean, it's part of this golf tournament and something people talk about. And I'm sure it's something that you know it's fun for the members. To watch it and see what happens. David, thanks for the time on KMOX. All right, our thanks to Dan Reardon and David Toms. Coming up after the news, Curtis Francois, John Bomberito, Keith Hernandez, Albert Pujols on KMOX. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 